Shut up and sit down. Hello, everybody. I want to welcome you to another wonderful episode of Third Shift. It is episode 318, and I, of course, am one of your hosts, Mr. Eric, here today with you to have a good old time, talk about some games, talk about what we're up to, and all in all, have fun. And with me today, as per usual, is the same, the inglorious, what did I say, bastard? I was going to say inglorious one, you know, inglorious one, you know, just Gosh. I'll take it. That's even like it's even better than Bastard, because Bastard, you know, kind of shows that you're not a nice guy a lot of times. But Inglorious One, wow. Look at that. Well, let's go with that today. It's the Inglorious One, Mr. Matt. He's here today with me. He's having a good time. He's coming from work, hot off the presses. I well, you know what? I'll talk about it in a little bit. Matt, how's the week been? What you doing? What you up to? It was a good week and I am in a good mood right now. I'm not hot off the presses, but I came home and I tried to find some some gaming news, some gaming stuff, and I found the perfect article. So if we if we survive to the news segment and there's not anything in the show notes and there's basically nothing to talk about. No. I'll talk about my favorite article that I've ever seen from my least favorite website that ever has existed. So it was a, a beautiful contradiction of things. But for the week in the real world front didn't do much of anything except on Friday last week. Went to the Lansing Symphony Orchestra, and over the past few years, you know, M- Mom and I have gone there for years and years and years. All you know, all throughout all the years we've been up here doing all this stuff, but we kind of fallen off of like their. They have like a masterwork series, which is you know traditional symphony stuff, and we kind of f- have fallen off of that. And they have like a pop series, which is like stuff from movies, you know, popular music, songs. How ho- they always have like a holiday pops. So there's always that stuff. We've always kind of leaned more into that. But this year we went, you know what, screw it. We're going to go see everything they do. So the first Masterworks was on Friday. Went to the Wharton Center. Let's see, there were, there were a couple movements from symphonies that they did. But in the middle of those was a violin concerto. And it's, like I said, it's been a while since we've seen like a proper, like full-on symphony, classical type of stuff. And they had a violin soloist up there. And man, I tell you. Now obviously I'm biased because I played violin from fourth grade all the way through senior year of high school. But she made that goddamn instrument sing. Like, she wrung tears out of that violin. I was amazed. Like I said, it's been a while since I've seen, like, an expert at the kind of, like, dramatic type of music. Like, I went and saw Itzhak Perlman, but that was, like, more technical, like, fast stuff. do 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 This was, like, if you were watching an opera, but the opera singer was a violin. Mm-hmm. It was like that. Like, pulling this emotion out of it and just, oh, the music was swelling and it was just, oh, beautiful and wonderful and cool. It was awesome. And I was like, oh, I've been missing out on this. It was, you know, it was like theatrical because she was kind of coming up and, you know, doing her facial expressions as she was, like I said, wringing tears out of this, out of this instrument. It's wonderful and beautiful. So that was a ton of fun. When we used to go to the masterwork stuff before it would always be less interesting than just the pop stuff because you know movie scores and whatever and it's fun and it's interesting people can get into it and sometimes hey, we're going to play something from tchaikovsky and it sounds good but you don't really get into it mm-hmm. i got into this it was really really good so that was a ton of fun on the video game front everybody knows i platinum saints row last week so that got taken out put it in its case saved forever deleted off the hard drive what did i start playing next i had no idea but I had three, I'll hold them up right here, three little video game cases, little disc cases. I put games in, I went, oh, it's going to be one of these three. And I flipped through them and I went, I don't know which one it is. And then I said, screw it. 
I've been fiending, fiending so hard for Persona 5 Royal. And I thought, I can't do that. I can't just sink 150 hours in again. But what I can do is start playing Persona 5 Strikers. And I put it back in, and I started from the beginning, and I did what we talked about. I Well, there's no shame in here. I, d- I put it down to easy just because the gameplay... I still don't even like the gameplay that much, even on easy. It's just not... I don't like it that much. But now that it's on easy, I just blow through it, and I see that story, and I see my friends, and I have a great time. And one day on the weekend, I put in 10 hours. And I think between that and all the hours I put in on Saints Row, like immediately afterwards, the next day, I went, all right, time to sit down for more Persona 5. And I went, my energy levels just dropped. I was sitting here holding the controller, and I went, uh-oh, I got, I got burned out a little bit. So I've touched it here and there in little like one-hour segments here and there. I'm still excited to play more of it, but I need to recharge the body. And so in that vein, the only other games I've played are Loop Hero, which has now become my pre-going-to-work game. I sit down and I play not one loop, but one session of Loop Hero. Go back to town with all my stuff, build a thing, and then I go to work. So it went from Animal Crossing to Mini Motorways, now to Loop Hero. Having a ton of fun with that. And then just last night, I streamed again for only the second time now, and i got to do this more, some Final Fantasy VI Pixel Remaster. And it was great, and it was wonderful, and I suplexed the goddamn train, and I met my new alias, Opinicus Fish. <laughs> just what a great name. What a wonderful time. I got to the Velt, which is the some of the best music in the entire game, and I got off the stream, and I went, hang on, let me look it up, because there's a, a treasure chest that I missed in the Imperial camp. And I went, surely you can go back to that. I remember going back to that. Look it up. You can't go back there. Okay. Reload an old save. Play for an hour and a half off stream to get myself to get the thing, to get the thing. Got another bestiary entry that I had missed by going through. Go through back all through the train sequence, down the waterfall, through the veil, go through the cave, go through all the do-do-do, do all the things. But it was worth it because it was still fun and still awesome because Final Fantasy VI is amazing. It's the best 2D Final Fantasy game. It's my favorite of the Final Fantasies. And it was a perfect way to cap off the week, essentially, in in podcast terms. Spending some time with one of my favorite games ever. So it was a great week for me. How about for you, Eric? Tell us how your week was. Now, before I tell you how the week was, I gotta say, you got Joe Pinnacus Fish, but you also need to give him the sound effects of the fish from Cult of the Lamb that you were gonna go ahead and start doing all the time around Jenny. Because you thought it was hilarious. Now, can I right now remember what those sounds were? I cannot. And I tried. I was trying this entire time, but I could not remember. I just remember. I remember that one, but that was not the one that you wanted to replicate and do. And I just remember because he would talk. And You're right. Make yeah. Those popping sounds. But then he'd also do a different one. And it was it was hilarious. We both had a really great laugh about it. That's true. And now here we are. You never did it. But now that you have the, the this new nickname of a fish, it would go perfectly with the Cult of the Lambs Fish ridiculous sound effects. That's awesome. I, I'm totally going to have to I'll yes, pull up somebody's stream YouTube. or somebody's mm-hmm. v, VOD and watch it, yeah. Yeah, so we'll have to figure that out off stream at a different time. Just a note, you know, for right now. Now, my week, this weekend, was really cool. Uh, I had uh, my brother-in-law sister come up, spend the weekend, went and visited my grandpa up north. Now, Michigan's a very weird and wacky place. Like, the southern half of Michigan, you know, it goes through the four seasons, but it's, like, mild. Like, it's mild, and every season seems to kind of like a half 
half this, half that, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, bleeds all together a lot. But when you get into the northern part of Michigan, it's that hard hit. It's fall, it's fall. When it's winter, it's winter. When it's summer, it's summer, spring, it's spring. It's it's the stupid textbook definition of the holidays in northern Michigan. And I don't know why there's such a huge difference from southern Michigan and, and northern Michigan. I don't know why that splits so harsh, but it is. Once you get past Claire, it's a different world of Michigan. And we went up there, and man, rolling hills, the trees were just golden, blood red, gold, and you name it, brown, all the colors just popping, just flying out at you. The smell changes instantly to that earth, woody smell of just the great north. All of a sudden, it ain't cornfields, it ain't farms, it's just trees. It's just trees. You're just driving through trees. And then, to make it even more unique and fun, the highway splits. So trees are in the middle of the highway. So you don't even see the other side. It's just two lanes of highway through trees in the great north. Going up, going up, going up. It's so wonderful. It's so crazy good. It's just, it it fixes your soul. It makes you feel better inside. So we're going up there. We go to Uncle John's as we always do. We're getting cider that you watch get made right in front of you. It's right there. Apples are getting crushed. Juice is getting squirted into the freaking cans. And you're literally buying them right off the thing and sticking it in your mouth and drinking it. Oh, no preservatives, no additives. It's just crushed apples into your mouth. Mmm, mmm, good. Fresh baked donuts, fresh baked pies. You go around, they got shows going. They got a guy playing this fiddle and this lady at the flute and all sorts of stuff going on. And you just walk on by, eating your donut, and you watch for five minutes, clap at the song, you know, as it ends. And, all right, it's cold. I'm going to go mosey on over here. Let's go do the corn maze. Let's go to the pumpkin patch. Let the kids pick out pumpkins from this two two to three mile area that's all just pumpkins as far as you can look just pumpkin 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 probably more than that it's actually probably around five to six miles worth of just pumpkins but a lot of them they run around when they do that it's a great time visit of course grandpa he's still kicking he's an old old man he's like 90 years old but he's still there he's still with it he's a he's a jokester he loves cracking jokes and it's awesome but it's also sad i don't like jokes i've never been a joke guy it's not my shtick but he'll tell jokes and he cracks them and I, I get what he's saying. I don't particularly care because it's not funny to me, but it's grandpa. So I'm laughing. I'm just, ah, my grandpa, you did it, you goon, you clown. <laughs> it's just nice to see that he's still sharp, even though he's like 90 years old. You know, he didn't get any of the problems that a lot of older folks end up doing, the dementia and stuff, and that sucks, you know. But he didn't get it, so it's good for him. And it's good to see him still laughing and having a good time up there. Of course, we come back. Enjoy some good food with the fam. They head home. So, obviously, with that being said, you guys know I didn't get to play any games over the whole weekend. So, nothing happened. However, the weekday started, and I went Yakuza hard. And I went, I'm going to beat this game, Matt. I'm done. I got to get it done. I had no money. I, I needed three mil. Talked to him. Matt, well, how do I get the three mil? Matt said, you have to do the business. Me and Shay have told you. Just do the business. All right. I'm not going to listen to your advice. I'm going to go do the cappies, and I'm going to go do the silver watch thing. Got three mil. And then I stopped, and I went, they told me to do a thing. I should at least do it so I can say I did it, because I hate people who ask for advice and then just don't even listen and don't do it. So I went to the stupid business. It was the worst mistake of my life. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. No, it wasn't. Don't <laughs> lie. I did it. No, you're wrong. And it was so fun. It was so awesome. Yes. And I spent 
all this gosh dang week playing it. Yes. This entire week up to right this moment on the show, yes. I played it. I am glad to report the number one business in all of that country. Oh, oh yeah. I, I smoked him. Nick's, he's so happy with me. He says, go make more money. I've got... I've got money. I got. I don't. I got million. I got bajillions of dollars. Just, I've got an infinite cash in fund. It's, now money's not a factor in the game. It's over. But it took me all week to get that. But it was fun, and Eric. <laughs> but it was fun. You had and fun. It was fun. See? I kept. It was so aggravated and fun and stupid because I sat here every night, Matt, going, Eric, you can't keep doing this. Yes, I can. Push the yeah, button. Push the button. Push yes. the button, Eric. <laughs> There's more money. We're going to a shareholder meeting. Hang on. Back out. Save just in case I royally screw this up. Go back in. Click, click. Shareholder meeting. Stomped him. It was never even a question. Like yeah. I don't even know why I bothered saving after a while because I just kept smoking them 100% every single time. They couldn't stop me. Nobody could stop me. Money made money. Hey, you want to do this crazy investment? I don't care. I've got bajillions of dollars. Sure. Oh, it didn't work? Doesn't matter at all. If it worked, oh, good. Look, here's an extra 40 freaking million yen in my bank. I don't care. It's all good. That's what I did. All week, Matt. That's the only thing I did. Good. I don't even know what's even happening in the game anymore. I was like, well, except that's not true because I had, uh, today's my day off. I do a four-day work week instead of five. And that leads into, I've been uh, sicker than a dog. I got some kind of weird stomach bug. And it's been making me have cramps, all sorts of problems. Just every freaking 15, 20 minutes. But you know me, I'm a gamer. So in between those bouts of sadness, <laughs> I got onto Yakuza. I said, let's at least try to get something done so I can make some progress. So I did get a little bit further in, you know, I handed over the 3 million yen that I originally needed in the first place. Mm-hmm. Then it was like, hey, we're going to this whole other town. Why don't you go this way? You can't go back for now. Do you mm-hmm. want to go? Uh, sure. I, I did like, we, you know, any good gamer, an extra save just in case it goes way above my head. Went to that extra town. So I'm in there right now. And uh, Ichi, he's acting crazy. I don't like it. I hope it, I hope it settles down here. Yeah, you know, we talked about uh, a dungeon you can go down and talk to a robot. That's where this is. You're in this town. Ah. That's where it is. So you can go down there. You can get all kinds of weapons and materials and special items. Man, you might as well. You might as well do that for one night. I mean, it. It's not like a million levels. You can. You okay. can do it. In it, like, it is like the sewer. It's going to end. Yeah, yeah. It, it, def- okay. it definitely definitely culminates just in a big boss thing or whatever. Yeah, like each each one. It's basically like the sewer. Like each one, you have certain conditions. Like, oh, you can only hit with critical hits or this that the other thing but it's fun mm-hmm. and then you get like rare items you get specialty things you get special weapons you get special this you get special that so it's oh man you get you got to do that too wait wait hey can i dangle more distractions in front of your face Eric? Yeah. This cool can i just make it so you just only finish yakuza before the end of the year and all those other games you didn't quite finish that's fine that's you can't fine talk about it. you yeah. failed it's too it's bad fine. it's too bad now nah, we'll get there we're gonna beat that game because i'm i'm you know i'm having a great time with it so we're gonna smoke through that i did play one match, and this was yesterday of Overwatch Two, Matt. Nice. And I'm so I'm so conflicted, so conflicted. Looks way smoother. It looks better. It feels faster. Mm-hmm. The the uh, the characters, everything feels great. I went in Total Mayhem, so I didn't experience what the game's feel truly is. Yeah, yeah. I just went in and did uh, Roadhog, and let me tell you, I went into this match. And I think uh, I just had clowns on my team. I don't think they were real people. They were just clowns. They were so terrible. It was beyond belief. Now, I also want to jump in and say Third Shift does believe the clowns are real people. We have nothing against clowns. 
You chose a profession <laughs> as you chose a profession. I understand you were a human being underneath the clown makeup. No. <laughs> Eric Batten disagrees, but that's okay. <laughs> Third shift, sure. You ride goes. around in your sidecars. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, I've, I've been a clown before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So the team drove me nuts. I died two times the entire match as Roadhog, and I was on the point pushing that payload the entire time, mm-hmm. handling four people on my own constantly, yeah. constantly. And I could not fathom what my team was doing. Mm-hmm. I, I had no idea. They were not killing anybody, and they were never on the payload. So I don't know where they went, what they were doing. I don't know if they all just had a little communion, some kind of cult activity going on in the back. Then I just wasn't aware of it. But that part was terrible. So what you're telling me, Eric, is there's no change from Overwatch 1, so you don't need to be worried like you were last week when we were talking about it, because you and me will <laughs> do gonna, it. We're just going to do the job. It's not going to be any different. That one extra yes. person who would have just been flying around, not on the payload, dying, he just doesn't count. Anyway. It doesn't matter anyway. <laughs> Goodness. It felt great, though. The game itself felt great. I, I loved the uh, lack of CC that was uh, out and about. It, everything just felt more frenetic, like you're just attacking each other. When you were going toe-to-toe, it was who was busting their moves at the right time and getting it done, or who was you know retreating when they should and shouldn't, etc., that kind of thing. No more of this stun, stun, stun lock, stun lock, stun lock. Oh, your abilities are gone, you know, that kind of stuff. I, I've never really liked that, so I'm glad that that's kind of out of the game for the most part, except for a couple tanks have a couple CCs still. And so, let that be said, I had a great time. The end was where it fell apart. And we talked about it already, but it, it, it actually did hit me. End of the match came, no stats, no awards. Yes, yeah. No anything. Hey, end of the match, goodbye. Dumped out the main menu. And I went, oh, this, this sucks. Yeah. Like, wow, it, was, it felt super anticlimactic. It was just like, yeah, but here you go. Go do it again. Yeah, we haven't talked about Overwatch 2 since either of us have really been in it. But I played, well, I must have played before the last show, but I can't remember now when it was I played. But I played a whole bunch of matches just on my own, too. And it's just, it's sad. It feels bad. You get out of the match, and it even kicks you out of the queue that you're in. Oh, yeah. Like, before in Overwatch 1, if you queue up for Total Mayhem, it will just keep you in the Total Mayhem queue, and you'll just spin and spin and spin. Not only do you get no stats, you get no gold medals, which we knew, but you don't even get to see, like, anything. Hey, you completed the game. You won or lost. Goodbye. And then you have to go back into the queue also, which, if you go into arcade mode, it's it's and it's more button presses and more diagonal stick movements and I don't like it. I really, really hate it. The one saving grace that I will say, though, is I was on some good teams, the few matches that I played. And so I had people to endorse, and I got a lot of endorsements back. And I still miss being able to endorse the other team like we talked about. It made me very sad that the one person who I was always in duels with could never endorse me, and I could never endorse them. But I had good teammates, and I sent out endorsements, and I went, I'm not going to get anything back. And then after that game, when I'm sitting there in despair with no medals and I have to go back and queue up again, it would go ping endorsement, ping endorsement, ping endorsement. So it was nice. People are Mm -hmm. actually throwing them out, at least in the small sample size that I had. But yeah, I mean, we feared it and you said it. The no medals, the no like end of game recap other than just play the game. 
It sucks. I, I do not like it at all. Yeah, it, it is a bummer because, as I told you before, I was playing with just clowns. So I didn't get even a, even a good teammate, nothing. It just dumped me out, and I just sat there going, oh, okay. It, it, it just, I did all that work, and I carried us almost all the way in that match. You know, we were close to actually winning. It was like 70% all the way there until I just couldn't hold the rest of the team back because they were, you know, coming back way too fast. I couldn't do it. And I will say, I wish you at least got like a like an end of game like lobby screen. Because if you go into, you know, you press the the center button on the controller, and you could see the the team in, in Overwatch One. It would just show the enemy team and your team and what the picks were. Now, if you do that, you get like a traditional Call of Duty style stat screen. So it does have kills, deaths, assists, but then next to it, it has hero damage, and then next to that, it's like damage mitigation, and next to that is healing done. So. You can see all kinds of cool stats, and I like that they added the other three on the end of it, so it's not just KDA. It's, Mm -hmm. look, I am doing damage, and I'm healing really well, and the tank is mitigating a ton of damage, or I am, or whoever. If they at least gave you just that screen, just like, here's your team, or, or the enemy team, or both, I don't care, but at least something to look at, so you can look and go, okay, as the tank, man... I got a career best because they used to have a little career best thing, you know, boom, or mm-hmm. hero best. Oh, man, I got – I mitigated 15,000. That's the most I've ever seen after a match for me. Oh, man, look at the healing. Between the two supports, I did the most. Or, well, he he did the most, but since I'm Moira, I did a ton of damage. So you could be excited about your numbers and your performance. Instead, it's just, you're done. Congratulations. Go on to the next match. It's ah. – that part's such a bummer. I think I'm going to have a ton of fun just playing, you know, when we play and have a great time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, that def- that little last cookie definitely does suck. And I got I got suckered in. I bought the battle pass. Oh, did you? Yeah. I-, I was looking at it. Well, I did the match, and then I was staring at everything. And I was just like, the way me and you play, it's just like me and Destiny and any other battle pass. I'm never getting to the end of this battle pass. Yeah. Like, I'm never getting there. So I might as well get the premium thing and get all the cool stuff and just, you know, have it and be good and, and rock and roll. At least, and, and this is what we talked about before, I said, at least for the first season. Yeah. And then, you know, if we're still having fun and rocking it out, we'll see what the next season brings. But for this one, I was like, ah, I know we're going to play for this season. I know we're going to rock it out. So whatever. I just bought it and now I have it and I'm happy and I don't got to worry about nothing. Yeah, I was kind of torn just because, I mean, it is only 40 bucks, and we did just get a, I mean, it's... Not a new, new game, but we got a new game for free. So I was thinking about doing it, but I just kept I kept scrolling back and forth. I'm like, is there any cool Moira stuff I will unlock? I think there was like one thing for Moira in that whole tier. Mm-hmm. I was like, but getting sprays and getting stuff for other characters is still a lot of fun. It is still pretty cool. So I was I was still just Johnny Hafsy Hafsy. I'll, I'll have to take a look at it the next time uh, we're I was going to say, maybe wait and see like how fast it unlocks because they are talking about doing like double XP for a few weekends mm. to make up time for how it's been down for so many people so long. And the thing I'd be most worried about is, you know, the end of it, it's like a an epic legendary or is it mythic? I don't even know. It's mm-hmm. a it's a really cool Genji skin. And I'm like, man, if I get this battle pass and we get it and do all the stuff and cool, what if the next battle pass has a really cool Moira skin at the end or a Mercy skin or one of the characters I really, really do love to play? Then I'm like, well... I have to get that one. And what if the next one has it? Well, maybe I hold off on this one and see about the next one. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
It's definitely something to think about, something to try. And I would wait if, you know, you didn't see a lot of stuff you want. But, yeah. you know, I play two, three characters. So I'm like, ah, okay, that looks really cool. And I wanted that. And that's going to be cool. I want that one. And I want that one. And I'm like, and a lot of it was like way up in the battle pass. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. Like, I'm not getting there. There's no way. I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe I'm an idiot. Maybe when we actually start playing, I'm like, ah, crap. But even so, on free, you get stuff like every five levels. You don't get everything. So I'll have to take another run through it. I only, like I said, I only saw one Moira-specific thing. Obviously, I play Mercy. I like a bunch of other characters, too. So I'll have to take a sit, maybe after I edit the podcast, if there's enough time tonight, log on and see, okay, what is where, and could I get it for free or not, and kind of weigh it out, see what happens. Gotcha. So with that, that's been my week. That's what I've done. Here we are on this beautiful Thursday, rocking and rolling. And we're going to be rocking and rolling, or some of you will be out there. Maybe me too. I'm very tempted on this one. You could be rocking and rolling with Asteragos, Curse of the Stars, which dropped just a couple days ago as we're recording this on the 11th, developed by Acme Game Studio, published by Tiny Build. This dropped for PC, Xbox, and PlayStation. And I saw this game two different ways. One, my favorite content creator, Jesse Cox, he did like a, hey, it's hands-on, look, at my first impressions of this game. And I went, okay, you know, haha, it's an ad thing. But then the very next day, a content creator who I sort of follow called Iron Pineapple, who I followed real hardcore during Elden Ring, does Souls stuff, all kinds of stuff. He had a video where he plays, every now and then he'll play like seven or eight Souls-like games from Steam. He just grabs a bucket full and gives quick review and some gameplay of them. And inside his latest video of that was Asteragos, Curse of the Stars. And I went, okay, here's two people talking about this game. And the graphics, as I'm looking at both of these videos, they're really appealing. This is kind of a Souls-like game, but it's kind of more of an adventure game. But it's set up in that Souls-like formula where you're in this area and you go to the end of the area. There's a big old boss who you have a protracted boss fight with. You go to the next area, you explore around, you find secrets, you do that kind of thing. And the story, it's not anything deep. You're the daughter of a legendary warrior who's disappeared. Now you're going off to find him. In what I think is kind of cool, in a Greek and Roman mythology-inspired world. You know I love that kind of stuff. But the other thing, like I mentioned, the graphics are really appealing. What I love about this game is the graphics are bright and colorful. It reminds me of Immortals Phoenix Rising from a couple years ago or last year or whatever. It's bright and it's colorful. So even in this Souls-like, this Souls-born-a-row type of setup it's not just dark and gloomy and everything's rotten and everything's falling apart it's greek mythology like you picture it in your head it's bright and it's colorful and the other cool thing is if you don't like souls born real games they're too hard you don't like that this game has difficulty setting you can go easy medium or hard and on top of that most souls born real games you die you lose all your stuff if you don't get back to your thing you lose it forever this game it's not like that. You earn experience like a traditional action RPG. You're leveling up after battles. You're putting stuff into skill trees, which I'll talk about in a second. You're not losing all your stuff each time you die. You, you're keeping stuff after death. You're just kind of getting reset and the enemies respawn. You have to go back through again. Now, I mentioned the skill tree, and that's another interesting thing. Because obviously, Soulsborne Borneo games, you can get all kinds of weapons. Here, there are six different types of weapons you can get. I think it's sword and shield, daggers, staff for magical type of stuff, spear, hammer, and then gauntlets. And each one of those has a completely unique fighting style, like completely unique gameplay around it, and completely unique skill trees for those weapons. 
and you can be popping two weapons at once. So you can be swapping between your hammer and your staff or whatever, and then upgrading those all along this big, beautiful skill tree. And I got to say, visually, this game is so appealing because the graphics are bright, they're colorful, they're, they're not super detailed, but they're just detailed enough. And then when you see the action in action, it reminds me of Kingdoms of Amalur. Like the action is big and flashy and action-packed and action-based. It, it looks like it feels good to play, like you're whirling around, you're doing action-y things. Not like some Soulsborne rules where it's swipe your sword, boom, doosh. You're doing flashy actions. You're spinning the spear. When you're doing the staff and you're shooting out fireballs, you're twirling it all around and then big fireball effects, all kinds of cool stuff. Now, as far as downsides, the only things I've heard is a lot of stuff's hit and miss. The story's not that great, but there is a lot of side stuff you can dig into with notes and all this other kind of stuff. Some areas, there's not a lot to explore, but some areas, there are a bunch of secrets to find. Some of the audio levels are hit and miss. Like I said, the graphics aren't the greatest, but they're bright and colorful and popping. You're not going to be in the dark. You're not going to be confused about stuff. And another good thing about this game, it's only, as of right now, I looked it up on Steam, it's like 35 bucks on Steam with a 10% discount for the early launch. So if you want to get in on a Souls type of game without all the pressure and all the drudgery and all the darkness that comes with it, if you want a lighter take on that, if you want an easier take on that and a discounted take on that, you can get Asteragos, Curse of the Stars, and have what I picture in my mind, because there's not a lot of professional reviews out there, to be an awesome time. There's also New Game Plus, so if you run through Sword and Board and Staff, and you level up all those skills, and you go, man, what would a what would a Gauntlets and Daggers playstyle be like? Boom, New Game Plus, take all your skills over into the next game and start building those two different weapons. And if you don't like one, just pop back to the Staff, whatever, do 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 So you can have all kinds of new experiences. You can make it as easy or as hard as you want. Have a bright, colorful, fun experience fighting big bad bosses. There's a demo out, I think, still for right now that has two different bosses in it. One is this big giant crocodile. One is a big old sword and board dude. And one last cool thing on Asteragos, Curse of the Stars. And I've only heard this from like two sources. One from an IGN preview from a couple weeks ago and one from some guy's rambly review on YouTube. Is there is also a system where you can... I don't know if it's an alignment system, but you can make certain choices in that game. Say, for example, you get a quest to, you got to go get the amulet of whatever, but don't get into conflict with the main guard captain who's over there. Do not engage him in battle. If you just run up and start swinging, you know, you, you kill the dude, you can keep progressing. But when you get back to turn in that quest, they'll say, hey, why in the world did you do that? And then their dialogue to you will take a different turn than if you had actually followed directions and done what you're supposed to do. And then your character, like I said in one of these previews, they said, yeah, then my character gained a trait for being more cold-hearted. And that affected the way the story progressed because of her interactions turned a little bit colder, turned a little bit more violent. So if you want to go through one playthrough as Goody Two-Shoes McGee following all the rules, and if you want to go through the second playthrough as blood and guts, no nonsense, I'm just going to kill people. Apparently there are certain choices in there. I don't know if there's different endings. I don't know any of that. Because like I said, no big professional reviews, nothing on that. But a couple people mentioned you can kind of screw up these quests, but they'll keep going and then the story will twist and your character will twist. So that's another twist on the excitement that I have here for Asteragos. It just looks like a ton of fun. If I didn't have the New Year's resolution of not getting any new games, I would definitely be getting this and tuning it kind of up or down, you know, as, as I felt like. 
if I feel like playing an Elden Ring hard scrap, maybe we'll turn it up to hard for today. And then the next day, when I want to play more, but I don't want to have a hard time, let me turn it down to normal and easy and just kind of kind of breeze through and explore around and, and find more cool things. So Asterios Curse of the Stars, I'm interested. You should be interested too out there. And of course, something that interested me, speaking of that, is Proteus, Matt. Came out, it's a little bit older, but it can't because it came out like September 23rd, 2022, but I think it just released on one of them like the other day. They did a big hoo-ha. I saw a couple new reviews pop up for it. And that's the only reason I caught it because otherwise it would have slipped right by me. I'd have never, never, never even seen it. It's uh, developed by Bounding Box Software, published by Humble Games. And this particular developer, it's like two, two gentlemen doing all this stuff themselves. They've worked on a lot of other games, though, you know, in the past that obviously are big titles like Doom 2016, that kind of stuff. So they know what they're doing. And they got together and decided to pay an homage to like the original Doom, Quake, etc. And they built this game. That has the graphics that are they're much better than that, but they're still the HUD and the way it looks and feels is definitely you're gonna if you've played Doom and love old school Doom, you're gonna fit right in here because the HUD, all that stuff matches right up to what you experienced back in the day. The difference is though, is that they do have uh, the newer stuff like the particle effects, dynamic lighting, um, really cool, you know, lively soundtrack that's, you know, really popping, not, you know, like tones and deep, do, 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 that kind of stuff. All that's been added. And on top of it, you can downgrade it though. If you really do want like that classic, you can go to a pixelated, you know, shaded view. So it looks way more in tune with the actual old school Doom and stuff. And what you're getting out of this game is exactly what I'm talking about demons weird landscapes you know not earth or maybe it is i don't honestly know where the hell this game even takes place it's just a sci-fi setting with all these crazy facilities and rocky hellscapes and then all these aliens slash demons all over the place that you're just killing with an assortment of different guns and it's just what i told you it is doom just jacked up to 20 because what they did do is they kind of added like the 2016 version in a little bit. It's not old school where you kind of methodically just kill one at a time. In this, you got to keep moving. So you're constantly running around shooting as you go, but in this older school view. And then they have this crazy gore system set up. So, I mean, there is just blood flying and intestines going all over the place. Your gun and your hands, they get covered in gore and blood as you're reloading and shooting and killing enemies. It looked like a dang hoot of a time. And I was like, ooh, man, this looks like something you buy and you put in the background for that, that rainy day. You know, when you're just sitting there and you're like, you know, I don't know, none of these big games, I don't really want to mess with them today. And you just slip into this comfortable, awesome first party, you know, first, not first party, first person shooter that just gives you the old school vibes of being back in the day, but not looking like it. Because like I said, it does have a lot of updated stuff. Just absolutely gorgeous. Uh, I did. I only saw four or five different guns getting played with while I, I watched the two different reviews and stuff. But from what I saw, definitely dynamic, definitely fun. You know, they have like the, the, a lot of your classics: your shotgun, your pistol, your assault rifle. They had like some kind of weird BFG thing, some kind of weird lightning thing going on with one of them. So a lot of, of a lot of seemingly versatility going on here. I'm definitely interested in seeing some more, but I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. Proteus, Matt. It's out there. Looks really cool. I'd love to get it. If you love old school Doom, old school Quake, even new school, because like I said, they mixed it, I'd recommend you go uh, give this a look. And of course, sticking to that wonderful first person 
freaking FPS, going to town, having a great time, killing baddies. Matt, the game, that's kind of like this weird legend at this point, because I feel like it's been five, six years. Witchfire. You know, I was convinced this game did not exist, and then they had a trailer saying, yes, we still exist. And now you're going to tell me this news, and I'm going to say, okay, the game doesn't exist anyway. You, 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 it was a false flag. You you lied to us about it being real and coming back and being all redone and looking even better than ever. And now now it's delayed. Now it's delayed. It's, not even, it's never going to come out. It's never coming out. But it's delayed for even more good stuff, because <sighs> they told Game Informer, or at least I got it from Game Informer, so if you want to read the whole article, go check that out, over there at the old Game Informer. Witchfire apparently came out. The astronauts, who's the developer, former people from People Can Fly, which is why we even paid attention in the first place a long time ago, have said, hey, look, you know, we showed you this stuff. We were really happy with it. But then we played it more and we realized we wanted to change the arena style combat into open world combat. And what I gather from that is that they wanted it to be that you can go wherever you want inside this world that they've created. And sometimes you might get your rear end handed to you. And that just means, hey, well, I'm not ready for going over to that area yet. And then you go back and you go do stuff around. So that's kind of what I think is what they're getting at in this whole thing. And that's what they want to change it from where you're just kind of being guided through one battle area to the next, to the next, to the next. I don't know. They said early 2023, but that sounds like a really large overhaul in your entire game. So I'm confused as to what that actually, you know, bodes for the future here. I 100% agree with that because I haven't played a lot of arena shooters, but I've played, you know, some serious Sam games. And that is you walk down the hallway and you get to the big room and waves upon waves upon waves upon waves come at you until you kill them all and the door unlocks. Mm -hmm. So if you're going from that to a big open world where there's, I'm sure, just going to be enemies just all around, you're changing the entire gameplay loop and the whole way that combat works and i mean i understand it's instead of just giant waves they're just kind of all over the place but how do you balance that accordingly like in this area is it too many is it too few are you going to do respawns yeah like how, how are you working that instead of this big open area now you're slimming it down so you can only have 20 unless it's just you can just run in and out of the big giant arena but then how many follow you a big change like that, what sounds like a big change like that, makes me really nervous. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of stuff going on there. The article goes on to talk about how they want to set it up to to where the enemies will kind of show you where you should be. Right. And like, uh, they won't just let you fall into a boss fight that's way over your head. It'll, you'll see the enemies will ramp up and you'll be like, oh, I, I can't handle my business here. So therefore, you won't end up in a situation like that. You'll get out of there. Yeah. But even so, like you said, there's too many questions, way too much involved. I just... I really don't see an early 2023 um, at this point. It's starting. That's that just sounds like them being super optimistic. And then in reality, come March, April next year, we're gonna hear, "Hey, we're pushing for summer or fall 2023," and and we're gonna keep going with Witchfire doing this uh, eight year you know back crawl. So I don't know. Just wanted to bring it up because it's something we followed and we were both interested in, and mm-hmm. we've had this long relationship with it something that doesn't exist still so just you know which fire i i really hope i hope the best for you because you look really good you look fun but i don't know you're starting to make me think this ain't real i agree like like we said we're both very hyped for it especially with that last reveal and show off trailer from a few months ago we were both super hyped for it 
I am more excited for an open world shooter than I would be for a typical arena shooter because, like I said, Serious Sam is fun, but it's not really my jam all the time. So something different would be fun, but I'm just... We said it already. I'm worried about the delays, but I am excited to play this. I hope they do make the changes and they can get it done pretty quickly and get it done right, and then we can be enjoying a fast-paced, fun shooter. And speaking of fast-paced, fun shooters, I teased it earlier. I was I was on here. I looked at the show notes. There wasn't much going on. I went, I don't know how long a show it'll be, but I'll, I've got to find something quick. And I typed in video game news, and it went to IGN, and there's too much stuff. I went, okay, IGN, I can't deal with it. The next hit down was Kotaku, and I went, man... You know, I just, I just can't stand Kotaku. Everything they do lately is horrible. It's awful. But I'll give them a shot. You just got to give me one little tidbit. And I clicked on it, and first thing at the top of the page, it was a picture of Moira in her, in her highlight intro when she's doing Coalescence. And I went, okay, you got me. I bit. I didn't even read the headline. I just clicked on Moira's picture. And the headline says, and there's not much I can say about this, and we'll get to that in a second. It reads, damage-focused Moira mains have Overwatch 2 fans squabbling over healers and bad teamwork. And it's this big article about all these people playing Moira as a damage dealer, but not supporting your other support. So other supports are feeling bad, and then tanks are feeling bad because that support has to go to them. The Moira's not healing the DPS. You're darn right I'm not healing you, DPS. I'm the DPS now. You are so bad at DPS. I have to do it as Moira, and I'm doing it really good, and I'm getting all these gold medals that don't exist anymore, but you should have seen all the days i got all the gold medals and then at the bottom half of this article it's all these beautiful and this is the part i can't describe (laughs) on an audio podcast beautiful dps moira memes from twitter oh it's so good it makes me laugh it makes my heart swell knowing that there are dps moiras out there who are just as good as me healing and killing and doing all the things right and everyone's going i don't believe you could do the things right i'm out here as, as a soldier just running into the fray and dying why don't you keep me alive because you're not supposed to be doing that because i can't keep you alive if you keep doing that just follow me i'll dps for you sit behind eric i'll have to come back and heal eric you'll get caught in the heal spray too it's fine don't worry about it just accept moira dps don't be sad just be better don't be sad. Be better. That's my lesson as Moira DPS to all of you full-on DPSs who can't do your jobs. Don't be sad. Be better. It's so funny because you talk about the memes, and I did see a wonderful meme, and it's the one that's been going around with the anime guy, and it originated from the anime that always, yeah, he's dancing. Oh, uh-huh, yeah. Thing. It's got that beautiful pop music going, and it came from a spot where anime is just typical. It'll kill five characters in the show, and then it's bebops to the end, and it uh-huh. doesn't matter how deadly or evil that show was. And then someone, of course, changed it to where it's more as DPSers knowing more your characters knowing they're not going to do any healing to any other teammates as they go into this match. Yes. <laughs> it's just him bebopping, dancing, having a great time, oh, not yeah. caring about nobody and nothing, just themselves having a good time. Hell yeah. And it, it made me laugh, but it did make me sad because I, 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 I get the other side. It's like, hey, there's supposed to be two of us doing the heals, and I'm the only one, and you're not helping but I see your side because I've been on too many teams with you and I've seen it too much uh-huh. of stupid DPSers <laughs> who just, yay, look, I'm helping, wee, flying off and dying instantly while me and you just go, what is happening? Uh-huh. I don't understand. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Guess you and, and I have to kill everybody now. <laughs> kill everybody. Yeah. It's, so, you know, I don't know. I think it's fair game. 
that's I, I agree with your statements, Matt. You know what? Get better. Get better. Get better. Don't be sad. Just get better. And it'll be okay. Then maybe the Moriars will start to heal. And maybe we can have this beautiful synergistic world in which we all work together happily as one unit. So what about you out there in podcast listener land? Are you having the fun in Overwatch 2? Have you seen me? Have you seen my amazing kills that I do? Have you seen how good I am as Moira? Oh my goodness. Or are you Are you a sad DPS? In which case, let's get better together. I might heal you a little bit if you, if you step up to the plate. But let us know any of that stuff. Answers to those questions, any other kind of questions you got. If you just want to say hi, if you just want to give us any kind of feedback at all, let us know that. Feed the email, thirdshiftme@gmail.com on the Twitter machine at thirdshiftme. Find us on Facebook under Third Shift. Indeed, you can find us over there. You can find us also on the old Patreon. Over there, we treat it like a tip jar. One, two, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight bucks. Any kind of those bucks. Hit it our way. If you like what we're doing, like what you hear, consider donating. Helps keep the lights on. Pay the bills. You guys all know the rig and roll by now. And if you don't, well, you just dang heard it. If... You say, I can't. Gas prices are high. Everything's crazy. Blah, 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 blah. Understand. Understood. You can give us five-star ratings on Spotify, five-star ratings over on the iTunes. You can go over to Twitch. You can do a Prime sub if you have Amazon Prime over to Third Shift over there. You can give mailbag questions. You can give topics of discussion that you want us to have. Any of those things puts a smile on our faces, brightens our day, helps us out in some way, shape, or form. So there you go. You've got a million avenues to help Third Shift out. I recommend and wholly suggest that you do. And thank you so much in advance. And we'll also thank you in advance for listening to the very next episode, which will be dropping on the 20th of October or before or afterwards, depending on what life brings our way. And you can find that episode on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Poppy, and on Spotify, and on YouTube. And as I always say, hey... If you like what we're doing and you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services, because it does help us out, and we really do appreciate it. Indeed we do, just like we appreciate those five stars I already mentioned. I don't even know where we're at in the world right now, but I'm just saying, come on, get over there, five-star reviews, you can do it. You can do it. The holidays are coming. The spooky vibes are here. Do something spooky with it. Give us a spooky review. Make it fun. Or if you want to do an early Christmas gift... Hey, you know what? Matt will take an early Christmas gift of a five-star rating. Oh, yeah. I'll take an early Christmas. Or maybe a Thanksgiving one. You know what? Add some turkey in there. You got reasons and you got excuses to give that five-star rating right now. It's the time of giving, the time of sharing. So come give and share with us just as we do with you. But until that time when you give and share with us as we are giving and sharing with you every single week here on this podcast, there's nothing else to say. But don't forget to say... Sit down.